This is Big Talk. Michael Glab here, my guest this week in the studio. Vince Gaetani, better known to his friends, family, colleagues, co-workers as Carlos. He is the president of a nonprofit organization, the Monroe County Sheriff's Reserve. Thanks for being on Big Talk. Thank you for having us. I, quite frankly, Carlos, had no idea you fellows existed. I just heard about you. Apparently, you people had a table at the farmer's market. Uh, You're there trying to raise a little bit of awareness and money. Awareness, money, and volunteers. Yeah. Always looking for good volunteers. You folks are uniformed. You're armed. You have full law enforcement powers. Correct. We are members of the Sheriff's Department, uh-huh. so we carry badges and uh, IDs. Uh, we're, we're members of the Sheriff's Department, but we're, we're a reserve division of the Sheriff's Department. So we're not paid deputies. Right. We're reserves. So when the sheriff needs support in a particular, let's say, a good example is this past winter, uh, had some bad snow come down, yeah. uh, roads were jammed, uh, needed extra deputies to come out and, and help with traffic, help with traffic hazards out there, and... Uh, so uh, Sheriff's Department reaches out to the Reserve Division, and we go out and, and supplement uh, individual shift uh, shifts or, or situations, depending on how they're needed. You folks also help out at these big events, uh, correct. like the football and basketball games? Sure. Now, so that's forth. a little bit different for us in that, uh-huh. in that for, for us, how the unit makes money uh, to, to, in order to support, see, we're a self-sufficient organization. Taxpayers do not support this Absolutely group. not. Right. We 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 self-fund everything. Everything we, all of our equipment, our building, everything is self-funded by us. So, and we do that through, um, we work. Uh, we have customers like Indiana University, uh, several churches in the community, several different. Uh, events that happen throughout the community, Hilly 100 or uh, mm-hmm. or other events that happen throughout the community where they need traffic control or they need security, they would reach out to us and we would provide that for, you know, for a fee. And then that's how, that's part of how we uh, were able to buy equipment uh, and those kind of things. We also look at donations, obviously. We're a not-for-profit, so we we're able to get donations that come in. Yeah. Uh, right now, we're 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 looking to try to get donations to uh, get new body armor for our our uh, all of our body armor is very old. Uh, as you can imagine, we don't you know we're constantly looking to upgrade our equipment because it's old and some of it's hand me down stuff and um, and so we're 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 we've started a uh, GoFundMe page to try to get uh, raise funds for new body armor for our 11 members. It just puzzles me that there's a whole group of people out there like you who want to do this work but aren't concerned that they're not getting a paycheck for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, volunteerism, right, it covers a lot of different things. Yeah. So um, I, there's a lot of different ways you can support your community is how I look at it. You can support your community many, many different ways, whether it's a food kitchen or, um, or something else. I've always wanted to be uh, in law enforcement. It, it's, it's a career path that... I just never chose to. Every time it, it came up as an option for me, mm-hmm. uh, when I was in the Navy or even when I got out of the Navy, there was always something else that came in that was um, that just took me in a different direction. And so it's it just never something I was able to come back to. This this 
offered an opportunity to not only support the community that I live in, but also do something that I really enjoy doing, I really love doing, so it's a passion. Um, and I think that's what you'll find with most people who are in the reserve unit, is they wanna support the community, and this is a great way to do that, and be able to do something that they enjoy doing. Now, if I'm walking down the street and I see a member of the reserve, can I distinguish between that person and a paid sheriff's deputy? No, not typically, no. So same type of uniform? Same exact uniform. Same exact uniform. Mm -hmm. Vehicle? Same same cars. Same kind of cars? Yeah, for the most part. We, we have, we try very hard to to not be distinguishable because um, we don't want to have especially in a in a in a public interaction type environment we don't want someone to look at us and say well you're a reserve I'm gonna, let me talk to somebody who knows what they're doing a real guy a real guy right. yeah yeah and, and because all of our all of our we don't put anyone on the road or anyone out on the street without a significant amount of training so they are able to answer and respond to situations that happen without having to to say well hold on let me let me call dad and make sure that it's right. okay so our uniforms are the same our badges are the same we have a we're we're continuing to build our fleet of cars that match what the sheriff's department uses today we do have some older vehicles obviously that just again hand me down type vehicles that the sheriff's department no longer uses um, so when when we're out on a detail like IU or supporting you know, some different events, you may see um, a vehicle that doesn't look like a sheriff's department vehicle, at least a common sheriff's department vehicle. That's mm -hmm. probably a reserve vehicle, uh -huh. um, and that's because we just we have leftover vehicles that we use, and we're not going to throw them away, you know. So we have we we try to we we've tried to build our fleet so that it everything matches, everything yeah. looks the same, so that it's it's cohesive. Uh, how do you, how do you maintain those cars? Who's the mechanic? I mean, do do you use the uh, services of the sheriff's department? It's one of the few areas that the sheriff's department really helps us out in. Uh -huh. uh, is uh, again, we're we're self sufficient, but in one one of those few areas is uh, maintenance, vehicle maintenance, fuel. Uh, those are probably the two largest areas that the sheriff's department supports us in. Um, uh, depending on what that maintenance is. If it's basic maintenance, they support it. Um, if it's major maintenance, like we, we just recently lost a transmission on a car, right. we ended up pay, we have to pay for that. Yeah. Um, so depending on what type of maintenance it is, uh, for the most part, you know, oil changes, tire rotations, basic maintenance is covered. They'll cover it. But if it's major, uh, like we had to put new tires on a vehicle recently, we paid for that. If I may go back a little, you're talking about you don't want to uh, have a clear distinction. We try not between to. You and the paid deputies. We try not but to. But even if I, if I somehow knew that you were a volunteer, mm -hmm. I couldn't say, "Hey, you can't tell me what to do." No, no, no. We have the same exact powers, police yeah. powers, as a regular deputy. We try really hard to work again cohesively with the community. We don't want to. Our practices are the same as theirs because they train us. So yeah. we we're going to respond to a situation the same way they would. Right. Um, and if our if our reserves, if our volunteers, aren't operating in that demeanor or in that fashion, then we're not going to have them as a reserve. They're no they will no longer be with us because that's the most important part for us is supporting the community. We can't do that if we're if we're not representing the sheriff's department in the best possible light. Uh, so if we have members that are are, for lack of a better word, uh, 
running over the fence, you know, running off the reservation, so to speak, right. then they're going to they're, they're not going to be with us anymore. I mean, that, right. that's not the kind of person we want. Now, you're going to have a big event coming up uh, soonly, the football season. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, September 8th. Your guys are going to be there. Sure. Actually, IU uses um, several agencies, not just ours. Oh, really? So uh, Bloomington Police Department, uh, State Police will be there, Ellettsville. Several different agencies resp- uh, are, are support uh, football. Uh, so we're j- But we're one of several. So your people, who will they answer to? We, whenever we do those types of events, we res- we answer to IU, uh, the IU the IUPD. Client. Yeah, right. Exactly. IUPD is the one that that comes to us, and then we support whatever needs they have. So, so you're you're we sort work of contacted by the police department of IU sure. as opposed to the athletic department. That's right. Ah, I see. So we supplement them, and then they they we take their direction at that while we're on site. You also handle these more private events. Mm-hmm. You also alluded to the fact that you uh, help out with that big church, right. Sherwood Oaks, uh, on the south side. Yeah, you'll see our cars there all the time. And it's not just, again, it's... Because uh, hundreds of cars are coming out of, the, that's right. uh, out of the lot at one time. That's right. And you've got to make sure that uh, there's not a tie-up. It's, yeah, and it can, be, it can, it can get clogged if, oh, if yeah. there's not somebody there to kind of help directed we want to avoid accidents we want to get everybody out safely we also want to be able to we are we are also there to provide security we you know as you don't have to look far to to see situations that have happened at local churches or local large events mm-hmm. where you know having an extra at least a visible presence deters a possible person from doing something that you know we could all regret it is to be hoped that's right and and if and again if somebody were to do something that that uh uh, was not good. We are there to to respond quickly. Are you able to communicate immediately with the main sheriff's Absolutely. office and the police department? Yeah, there's so, sort of a unified communication right. system yeah. right now. So if something were to happen, for example, if something were to happen, all of our deputies have uh, radios that are connect directly to dispatch. Uh-huh. So we would get on the radio, let dispatch know, dispatch would turn around and let everyone else know that there's a situation, and they would send the, the appropriate units to respond so you're saying you're doing all the same stuff and you should be looked at in the exact same way yeah that's, you what, have that's impl- what we strive for <laughs> you have implied that the training is almost precisely the same it's very close i mean we very don't go close. to a a regular deputy goes to a 600 hour academy so uh-huh. they they go to they, they go to a the full law enforcement academy we have a a subset of that so what we do is 180 hours uh, we have our own reserve academy that we do that's a subset. So we take portions of what they learn at the law enforcement academy and we, we distill it down to 180 hours mm-hmm. of, edu- of, of instruction versus the 600 hours that a regular deputy would get at the academy. Now you start off with a 40-hour pre-basic Everyone course. Does, right. what, what goes on there? So that's, that's a requirement. The state of Indiana requires that if you're going to do anything in law enforcement, you have to have a 40-hour pre-basic. And what that is, is it's, for, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's 40 hours of training that covers the basics in criminal justice, uh, firearms, uh, physical tactics, um, uh, the basic elements that you would need to, to do law enforcement in the state. But it's, very, very, it's a very basic level. I mean, it's 40 hours, so it's not... You're not going into depth of criminal law. You're not yeah. going into depth of, of you know, you're not going to learn judo. You know, <laughs> so it's it's very basic elements of just safety, 
Uh, you're not, uh, you know, all those types of things. You're not running a, uh, in the 40-hour pre-basic, you're not taking a car and running, you know, 100 miles an hour with the lights on. You know, that's, right. you don't do that in a 40-hour, but it's a very basic, but you do learn traffic elements, this is what happens, you know, those kind of things. Do you learn, for instance, uh, when you can look into a person's car? I mean, literally search a person's right. so, car. Right, search and seizure, all those things yeah. are covered in the 40-hour pre-basic. Because, again, that's that's where you want to, there's that that liability aspect of, the civil liability aspect of you have somebody who now has police powers, and you don't want to violate someone's Fourth Amendment rights. You don't want to violate their, you know, their, their any of their civil civil rights at all. But how do you not do that? Is by learning what those are, and that's what that forty hour does for you. If you slap the cuffs on me, and I say that son of a gun, he was wrong on that. I'm going to sue him for false imprisonment or whatever, mm-hmm. some kind of harassment. Who am I suing? You'd be suing the sheriff's department. The sheriff's. So the things you're doing are under the aegis of the sheriff's Correct. department mm-hmm. at all times. At all times, yeah. We don't operate. We're not an independent. We cannot. We cannot have law enforcement powers without the sheriff's department uh-huh. giving us those powers. So we don't just exist. Uh, we, you know, a group of people couldn't get together, form a corporation, get yeah. incorporated, and decide that we want to be police. Right now, we could be a security firm. Yeah. You can provide security. But even armed security requires a certain level of, of requirement. Yeah. But because we're, we're doing law enforcement, not just security, we're doing law enforcement, that requires an agency like the Sheriff's Department to say yes. So we're, we work under the – that's why we're a division of the Sheriff's Department. Mm-hmm. And, but that's also why we go through so much training so that you don't have a reserve that's going to slap cuffs on someone. And then it turns out to be that they were totally wrong. They were totally – off the reservation, they should never have done that, and that would create that that civil liability for us. We 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 work hard to avoid that from happening. Now, as I understand it, after you do your forty-hour pre-basic, then you enter into something that's called, and I hope you can explain this to me. I'll bet you can. The Monroe County Auxiliary Police Academy. Sure, that's the Reserve Academy I was telling you about. Yeah, yeah. So once you for, finish the four, so how we work is, you go through the forty-hour pre-basic. So right. l- let me back up just a little bit. Sure. Let's say you want to be a volunteer. Mm-hmm. You would come in, you'd fill out an application through the sheriff's department. It's the same application that a regular deputy would fill out. The exact the same. exact same application. Uh-huh. You go through the ex- the the exact same background checks. So we would you would fill out the application. We would review your application. We would then do an interview process. After the interview process, assuming that 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 goes well, then you would go through a background check. Mm -hmm. That background check is fairly extensive. We want to make sure that there's nothing hanging out there um, that could be a potential issue. So, and again, you're paying for that. That's right. We cover all of that. So then, especially if it's if it's a it's a larger requirement. Right. So, um, once that's completed. Then and you're accepted into the unit, then you go through the 40-hour pre-basic. Mm-hmm. Um, once that 40-hour pre-basic is done, then you roll right into our what we have is a reserve academy that's about 180 hours, plus or minus. Like I said, it's a distilled version of what the what a regular deputy would go through at the at the uh, at, at the Indiana Law Enforcement Academy. They it, it's again very very distilled. We're talking 180 hours versus 600 hours, so it's it's you're taking the best portions of what they do up there and not knocking them down into individual classes and focusing on the key elements that you would need to be able to to to, to operate. Uh, once that's done, or one as you're going through that process, once that's done, then you get into assuming that you want to go further with the unit. 
uh, and not just do traffic and, and basic elements. Uh-huh. And, you know, you so want... there are levels of what you can do. That's right, absolutely. Uh-huh. So so let's say that you join the unit and, and you're like, look, I don't want to be out there uh, – you know, chasing down bad guys and, you know, running over fences and, you know, <laughs> you know, running down the street. You don't want to do all of those things. I just want to be able to support my community. And, and you know, um, uh, so with that in mind, you can we, – we have what we call a, a B-squad that focuses on traffic and basic enforcement elements like security and other things. And that's what they would do. So it's not unusual to see uh, us at, at a uh, U game and, and those th- – both types of deputies, both our A squad and B squad, can support that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the B squad members would only go through the academy. They wouldn't then move into a field training phase. Yeah. So the field training phase is where you're sitting with a deputy from the sheriff's department, right? Who's who's certified trainer? Who's a certified trainer? And they will you will go out into the field and do the things that you learned. Uh, at the in the academy, you will do those things in the field under the supervision of a trainer. Um, and then how, depending on how that training goes, you would move into, once all that's done, you would, and it, it all was successful, then you'd be able to move into where you would be out by yourself. You'd and be, there's no playing around here. From what I understand and from what I can see is as you go through your uh, uh, training in the field, each little bit you have to be passed on to the next one that's right. by that trainer. Yeah, the trainer right. has to say, this person's okay. Yeah, it's a four-phased approach. Yeah. Um, each phase is harder and harder as you go through it. It's not something that um, is simple at all. I mean, it, it's, we take – again, we're, we do not want to field someone that's going to be in a situation where they will slap cuffs on someone and create that liability. That's why the training is there. And if that person seems to us that they can't – operate within that environment, then we don't want them out there, nor will they be out there. Right. Now, for instance, let's say there's a private event, say at Deer Park Manor, hmm. okay? Big turnout of people, and they hire you folks to uh, to handle things. Sure. They can't serve alcohol. That's right. Why? Um, it, it goes back to the li- it goes back to a liability. Um, when, when, when you're serving alcohol in an event, we you know, what happens when you serve alcohol in an event and then all of a sudden those individuals leave the event and they've been drinking, Yeah, we have a, a duty to not allow that to happen. Right. Um, and it's a, it's a You're liability watching for them us. get in their car, maybe right. tripping a little it, bit. Yeah, yeah. That, that, and that can't happen. So right. we, that's why we, we, we purposely avoid those types of things. Um, we don't want to be in that environment where we would have to be, you know, here we are. Uh, we're providing security for your event. Let's say it's a it's a wedding, mm-hmm. and it's oh I, you know it's a wonderful event, and here we're arresting half your half your <laughs> guests because they're they're trying to leave. I'll know? bet they're not going to hire you that's, again. That's then right. Yeah, that's, that. uh, but that but that is also though an element where some people have come to us because that's that is a a distinguishing factor for hiring the uh, reserves to do an event because. Where private security, for example, they don't have any law enforcement capability. They just uh-huh. have the ability to to protect. Yes. But if something were to happen, they have to call us. Right. So w- if we're already there, we're able to deal with the situation exactly as any other deputy or any other officer would deal with that situation. So it wouldn't be like, oh, I have an issue. Let me call 911. Well, no, 911's here. We're already here. We can deal with the situation. If it escalates, we have the ability to call more people if that's necessary. But typically, our guys can handle whatever's going on at the time. Now, depending on what your client wants, 
you can either show up in full uniform or you can go plain clothes. That's right. It depends on what they want. Yeah. Why would they want you in plain clothes? Um, every you know, It's funny. Everybody's a little bit different. Some yeah. of them just don't want the visibility. They just want to have the mm. the someone there from a presence perspective, but they don't necessarily want the visibility. Others want the visibility. They want to see the car. They want to see the uniform because they want that deterrence. Others are just, look, we want to be a bit low key. Um, everybody's a little bit different. Their reasonings are theirs. Um, you know, we, we, we try not to, you know, get into why <laughs> somebody wants something. It's, if that's what they want, then that's what we're happy to provide it. Uh, in some cases, though, we will not we will recommend that they either do one or the other, depending on what the circumstances are. Sometimes it's best that you are in uniform because you don't want it, things to escalate. Mm-hmm. Um, other times it's best to just blend into the crowd and, you know, hey, we're there, and if you need something, we're able to respond. Now, you've hinted at this already, but uh, let's go into it a little bit deeper. Uh, the kinds of people who become reserve members. Uh, I checked out on the Bloomington Volunteer Network, and there's a little page up for your organization. Now, it says that certain kinds of people include senior executives, business owners. You're a business owner. Computer professionals, they say. Mm -hmm. College students, fire one or two firefighters, I believe. Yeah, believe it or not, we let them come in, too. I mean, it's, you know, you have to let one in, at least. (laughs) How did you get involved at this whole shebang? Um, so I, uh, before I uh, moved to Monroe County, I lived in Davies County. So I was a reserve, I was a reserve deputy marshal there. When I first got out of the Navy, I, I was there and um, got in, got involved with the reserve division there. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Same it type great. of deal in same, that county. A, yes, same type of deal. The training was different. Yeah. Um, obviously, this is back in, in the in the late 90s, so it's a little bit different training. Right. Uh, environment was a little bit different. But um, when I moved to Bloomington, I got married, moved to Bloomington, then uh, I, I focused on family, focused on business, focused on just doing those kind of things. And um, so now single dad, kids are in school, I have more time. Uh, running a business uh, makes it a little bit difficult, but I really wanted to get back into doing uh, reserve work. Uh, and I knew that the sheriff's department here in Monroe County had a really, really robust share, share, uh, reserve division with a lot of training. I like training. Mm-hmm. I like learning. Um, so it was a good fit. And so I applied. What I'm trying to figure out is how you squeeze in the time you put in and running a business yourself, and by the way, let, we can mention what your business is, uh, TriStar Engineering. Right. That's your outfit. Right. What do you guys do? So we're a defense contractor. Uh-huh. Our, our company um, or my company supports uh, uh, DOD organizations throughout the country. We have offices. Our main office is here. Our corporate headquarters is here in Indiana. Mm-hmm. We just opened an office here in Bloomington about, well, last year, actually. Um, we have offices in San Diego and Washington, D.C., uh, and um, we have uh, we support um, technical services for defense customers throughout the country. That's what we do. Everybody else mm-hmm. who volunteers for the reserves, they uh, presumably have day jobs. They have other things that they're doing. Absolutely. You, I guess, have to be a real juggler. You're making a schedule. Yeah, yeah. It's a so it's all about time management, right? I mean, yeah. it, it's just an issue of being able to. Uh, I've got some really good people who I work with both in the sheriff's department and in, within my company. So it allows me the ability to manage both 
without having to drive myself crazy. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm able to operate the business well. I've got some really, really good people who who work at TriStar. They're just fantastic people that uh, are, have been very supportive of what I want to do. Uh, but at the same time, I have some really, really great people who are very supportive in the sheriff's department that want to make the reserve division successful and, and are just there backing backing all of that to happen. So it's not it's not just one person. It's not just me. Uh, and, and I guess that's probably the case for everything in life. It's never just one person. It's a group of people who you lean on or you, you work towards to help accomplish a particular thing. Now, believe it or not, the uh, sheriff's reserve has a headquarters, yeah. an actual place. In fact, you folks have had uh, an actual place for, for quite a while. Uh, since the 1970s, you used to be at 505 West 4th Street. In 2017, you opened up a new facility. Where's that? So, yeah, so we sold the, the building. The building belonged to the reserve unit, and, uh-huh. and so it was sold back then in um, 2017 or whenever it was sold. I think it's 2016. Um, and then we built our new facility uh, right out, right on the fairgrounds. It's right, uh, it's a uh, 5790 uh, Foster Curry, uh, right behind, basically right behind the current county highway facility. Uh, and but it's on fairground property there, uh, back behind the fairgrounds. What do you need a building for? Uh, we house our cars there. We house our equipment. Uh-huh. Um, everything is. Uh, we have a training center. Yeah. that we've set up. Yeah. By having the facility, it allows us to have a training center. It allows us to put our cars in a, in a, in a secure location. Mm-hmm. It allows us to have, again, all of our equipment is, is housed there. So the biggest, the biggest thing we were able to do with the new building is the training center. Uh-huh. We've already hosted several different training events for other agencies in our facility because oh, really? it's, 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 um, it allows for that. It has the size and capacity for that. This whole thing started in a different form Back in 1957, hey, you're going yeah. on 60-some years, a little bit more than 60 years, for goodness sake. a lot sake. of history, yeah. Originally, there were 13 Monroe County men who formed a civil defense unit. And for those of us who are of a certain generation, <laughs> we remember civil defense trucks and so forth. Sure. They were the blue and white trucks. This was back in the time, Cold War times and all that. Yeah, we still have some badges and even uh, some patches from those days. They were sort of the uh, updated version of what were called air raid wardens yeah. mm-hmm. in World War II. Then in about 1962, what happened with a fellow named Price Cox? My understanding is from reading the history that they uh, formed the Monroe County Auxiliary Police yes. unit I think it was incorporated in 1965, and then, right. and then the goal there was as a non-profit, as a non-for-profit, to support the sheriff's office. And this Price Cox fellow was a retired Indiana State Police captain, oh. and your folks elected him the big boss. <laughs> His job was to professionalize the outfit. So if you go to the Monroe County Sheriff's Office uh, webpage there's the tab for the reserve division and that gives you our history it gives you how to join it gives you all of our requirements uh, it even gives you a way to contact us if you're interested in using us as yeah. a uh, uh, to provide security or traffic for your particular event or if you want to join it gives you uh, access to an application my guest has been carlos gaitani he's the president of the uh, monroe county sheriff's reserve a nonprofit. they support the paid sheriff's deputies, you folks are all volunteers. 
Thanks so much for being on Big Talk. Thank you for having us. I really appreciate it.